Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. I am your host and quiz master Aditya. Here is to another episode of Quizzing and Trivia. But before that, there is an important announcement. We are opening this podcast to the audience. For our Independence Day special, we are inviting you. Yes, you listener on to the show. If you like the sound of that, send us an email, drop a hi at studio41podcast@gmail.com. with the subject line independence day podcast that is all baki aur kya follow us on social media at the rate quiz time india on instagram and if you would like to hear more about our other and upcoming podcast at the rate podcast studio 41 on both twitter and instagram at the rate podcast studio 41 and studio 41 on facebook now is the time for some quizzing first up is last week's question Last week's guest was Omkar Yargudi and here is Omkar's question. The James Bond film Casino Royale features a scene where James Bond is trying to follow the villain who's called Le Chiffre, okay? And in one scene, hmm. he glances at his Sony Ericsson phone, his huge product placement back in the very blatant product placement back in the day, but he glances at his Sony Ericsson phone and on the screen he can see a pointed icon that shows in which direction he is heading and also an interactive map to give him some sense of bearing to give him some sense of where his destination is so a fellow by the name of okay. garrett camp watched this and it stuck with him mm-hmm. a few years later he would remember this while thinking of his travel woes while he was living in san francisco okay all of this put all of mm-hmm. this together led to the birth of something that a lot of us may have made use of so what did it lead to the birth of the answer to omkar's question was uber the app with which you can call a cab and the one who got the prize was anuradha anuradha congratulations your prize will be on its way soon enough and thank you so much for taking part in the quiz and if like anuradha you too would like to take part in the quiz and win yourself an amazing prize all you have to do is wait for the audience question at the end of this week's episode send in your answers to @quiztimeindia on instagram or also on the other social media handles which i said earlier now for this week's quiz this week's guest is sai ganesh sai works in marketing and is from bangalore he's also the part of a he's also a part of team 9 the folks behind the youtube show india wants to know and also the india wants to know sunday zoom quizzes Do check out their work they have been trying out some fun things around quizzing without any further ado here is quiz time india with sai ganesh All right sai welcome to quiz time india thank you so much for joining us today it's been a pleasure sitting through your quizzes the zoom quizzes watching you guys on youtube and it's good to have you here today Thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on this uh, podcast. We've been following your podcast for a while now, so thank you so much for inviting me on this. All right. So since you heard the podcast, you know the idea is fairly simple. Yes. I have a list of questions with me. I've asked you to prepare a list of questions. Sure. And we'll take turns asking each other these questions, and uh, we can take as many hints as possible. We can take as much time as possible. The idea is that at the end of 
these volleys of questions, we both and with us the audience get to learn some new facts, some new trivia, and whatever is your line of thought during the questions, you are encouraged to share it with us, share it with the yes. listeners. Does that make sense? Sure. Great, yeah. I would be really excited to do this because uh, it's the first time I'm actually doing a quiz on a podcast. Interestingly, uh, around four years ago, I did try to start a quizzing podcast, and that sort of uh, segued into mm-hmm. a pop culture podcast, but died after a few episodes. Uh, this is something I've been looking forward to a very, very long time. All right. So, Sai, I'll start out with your first question, and let me sure. know if you're ready. I'm ready. Yes. All right, Sai. So, your first question is. Slightly straightforward. Sylvester okay. Dacuna of the advertising right. and sales promotion company had gone through seven hundred and twelve babies to find the perfect okay. baby for a brand called Amul. Right. So Amul, we all know, was coming up with a promotion, and they wanted a baby to be their mascot. And Sylvester Dacuna was in charge of finding the perfect baby to be the Amul baby. Which we now, obviously, all of us know and have seen, and he had a tough time finding the baby until he finally settled on a little girl called Shoba. Okay. Shoba was the first Amul baby. Point. Many years later, color printing came up, mm-hmm. and now they had to look for another baby. At that time, they shortlisted Smitha, who was Shoba's younger sister. Shoba, much later in her life, went on to become Miss Kolkata. And this is in year 1977. And Smitha, who was the second baby, went on to become a Miss India runner-up. But it is their third sibling who has been the subject of Amul billboards many times. Can you tell me who is this famous third sibling of Shobha and Smitha? Shobha Smitha. Can you tell me the time period again? Uh, so this must be early 60s. Early to mid sixties, so they were based out of Bombay. Not originally okay. from Bombay, but the family was in Bombay. That is so, when Sylvester Dacuna met a certain gentleman who was Shoba Smitha and third sibling's father. And he asked that man that you know you have a baby, right? Can you can I just see some pictures? He saw the pictures and he was like, yeah, I think I can use these. And that's how it started. So to be honest, when you mentioned the name hmm. Sylvester Dacuna, uh, like a typical quizzer, I got excited because I knew the name immediately. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Sylvester is a very famous name in the advertising world, uh, and I've been mm-hmm. in marketing. So and he's known obviously for largely the Amul campaigns. But uh, then slowly I realized this is a googly and it's not really anything to do with Amul. Um, but given the hints, since you mentioned hmm. two sisters. And somewhere mm-hmm. while explaining, you also mentioned that they did not necessarily originate from Bombay, but came from a different state. And the timeline, I'm going to say the Mangeshkars. No, no. So there are three siblings, at least three siblings that we know of sure. in this entire situation. Shobha Smitha, we don't know where they are right now. Okay. All I know is Miss Kolkata in 1977 was the. Elder one Shoba, mm-hmm. and then Smitha was Miss India runner-up. Their third sibling has been, as I said, a subject of Amul billboards many times. Now, I think a hint that I can give you is the third sibling is still in the news, is quite often in the news, and uh, maybe from the world of politics. Maybe from the world of politics. I was thinking of probably. Um, 
again Bombay and Maharashtra so I'm not getting to politics so maybe I'll think of Bollywood stars again who probably crossed over to politics so I'm going to say Hema Malini okay no alright I'll tell you the first time he came on the billboard was because of his marriage sorry is it a he or a she it's a he okay oh. I'll just give that out okay. it's a he the first time he appeared on the billboard was because of his marriage um, my first name comes from mine when he mentioned a uh, name that appeared because of marriage is Robert Waldra but doesn't make sense um, hmm, that's a good guess actually anything else that you can think of so far we have politics a politician getting married so let's go somewhere else let's think of um, something on sports maybe Shobhate's husband I don't know I'm trying to think of somebody who's famous no okay the second time he featured on the Amul billboard was because of a speech that he gave which got viral on social media a speech that he gave at Oxford University is it Shashi Tharoor? you are absolutely right oh wow it is Shashi Tharoor Shashi Tharoor had two other siblings Shobha Tharoor and Smita Tharoor and Shobha was the first Amul baby Smita was the second Amul baby and the third Tharoor although he wasn't an Amul baby Mm-hmm. did end up on the Amul billboard multiple times. The first time he ended up was because of his marriage to Sunanda Pushkar. Those were simpler times and <laughs> that that got national coverage. Oh, that's interesting. I would have thought actually he would have made an appearance much before his marriage given his United yeah. Nations and the fact that he was running for secretary general one point of time. Uh, but interesting. It's really, really interesting. Something I did not know of earlier. I just came across this recently and apparently he had tweeted in 2015 that the entire family has been part of the Amul chain now. So yeah, that was the question. Oh, that's really, really Shashi fascinating. Shashi Tharoor. Yeah, that's very interesting. Thanks, uh, Adya. That's a really good question. I didn't make the connection between Shashi Tharoor and Amul before this. So yeah, today I learned uh, TIL as I say. Yes. Now it's your turn. I'm looking forward to your question. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to start with something that's covid related right uh, so one of the things that's happening because of covid is that due to social distancing people are not able to gather in groups in large mm-hmm. places and this has obviously affected different lines of business and one of the biggest lines of business is affected is cinema right so yes. across the world there is now restriction on shooting for film or television and shujit sarkar mm-hmm. recently put up a post where he said that he was worried about something that is going to change in bollywood because of the post covid situation so what mm-hmm. are film makers currently worried about with respect to cinema given the restrictions mm-hmm. around shooting uh, in the post covid era so in one line what is bollywood afraid of and this is only like pertaining to bollywood or is it in general world cinema is worried about it interestingly that's an interesting question actually it is it affects world cinema a uh, cinema across the globe right so australia has in fact come mm. down in this context fairly harsh on the restrictions so it is going to be mm. a reality across the world and not just in bollywood it just that bollywood mm. has uh, you know spoken about this much before anybody else okay so this is in the shooting process so there's always the risk of infecting the other person which is primarily what it is yes what did, what was the exact phrase if you could tell me so the exact question like is what, what is say? bollywood afraid of in the post covid era right so sujit sarkar has said mm-hmm. that you know how the world of cinema now conducts shooting is to be seen mm-hmm. and planned 
right and given okay. this new context and the restrictions he fears that mm. something will change in the way cinema is shown in india what will change okay. in the way cinema is shown in india okay he feels that in bollywood may go back in time to the world the way it was earlier oh you know i earlier thought maybe it is the fact that you can't do action stunts now because there has to be some contact so the entire how we used to do earlier like the fake stunts of it like the dishum sound coming from as opposed to rohit chetty's uh, real stunts these days <laughs> <laughs> my bad my bad so i thought we'll go back to the dishum sounds of the 80s but i don't think that's that... a very good guess that's very close to the answer but not the right answer okay could it be another trope of at least indian cinema which is intimacy related that you can't have two people uh, you know hugging or making love or things like that because you know you are close uh, proximity and indian cinema always had that issue with showing proximity we had bees we had do phool kissing each other so is that what he's saying that because we can't show proximity on screen maybe we'll have to go back to showing two flowers in the garden kind of a thing you're not confident of the answer but you're absolutely right uh, this is exactly what oh. shoju sarkar and a lot of filmmakers are worried about that we will have to go back to yeah. those days where flowers will kiss each other right so yeah. there are restrictions on intimate scenes so even australia recently has actually said no to mm. any sort of intimate kissing scenes in films anymore until the covid situation mm. is over and the same rule is now being applied even in bollywood where uh, no longer will you be allowed to do intimate scenes right because of social distancing okay. and shruti sarkar is now worried that after so many decades indian cinema has finally accepted to showing intimate scenes between people of different genders right but now because of covid he's mm. worried that we'll go back to those old days and in fact so they actually documented a lot of the modern yeah. cinema instances of old fashion intimacy for example mm-hmm. in kya kehna which is an entire movie about premarital pregnancy they actually yeah. don't show them having sex they actually show them a really tight hand holding shot right so that's how the movie shows sex right it's really tight and the fingers are moving and that is all there is interestingly one of the most famous movies of the recent decades is amir khan's mm-hmm. pk right and if you remember in the entire mm-hmm. movie there's a joke about people making love in cars but they actually don't show people making love they show dancing cars right so yeah, yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. about even in modern cinema so 2012 rani mukherjee acted in this movie called aiya which basically mm-hmm. shows uh, rani mukherjee's scooter being filled with petrol and that is a sort of a reference to her character having sex so suraj ah. sarkar is rightly worried that we may have to go back to such tacky uh, representation of intimacy but essentially that's one of the biggest problems that filmmakers right now facing that apart from shooting in general they are also not allowed yeah. any more to have intimate scenes between actors that is that is quite a problem to have i can imagine the predicament what would ram gopal verma do are you ready for your next question absolutely all right so the bombay presidency yes was the administrative subdivision of british india right so one of the states of british india one can call it and it stretched from northern karnataka the entire konkan belt parts of maharashtra gujarat and in fact all the way up till sindh mm-hmm. now in this entire region bombay was the capital bombay the portuguese gave to the british and british made it their capital for this entire region but that wasn't enough 
there was a tiny port city called Aden in Yemen, which was also a British territory and was part of the Bombay Presidency. Okay. So on 23rd Feb 1839, Bombay Times and Journal of Commerce, which later became Times of India, reported mm-hmm. that the British have bought this port city of Aden off the coast of Yemen from a sheikh for thirty thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Now the reason why this transaction was in the news and the reason why it was being controlled out of Bombay, so far away from Yemen, was because Aden was nearby another famous port. So Aden is close to a port. The port is famous for a certain product, and nowadays the port's name also gives its name to that product's variants. So you have to tell me what was this port? What was this product, which was so important for the British Empire that they had to settle capital of sorts in Bombay? They needed the Bombay Presidency to look after it. What was this port? What was the product? I'm thinking of places in or around Yemen, um, mm-hmm. and when you mention, did you say product or brand? Uh, not a brand. It's not a brand. It's a more of a generic product. Uh, and given the time period, my first guess was actually going to be opium, but I know opium was probably around India and China, but mm-hmm. nothing related to the Middle East. Um, True, opium was. I mean, it did come through Bombay. It did come through Bombay. It was one of the main impo- exports out of Bombay, but it's not opium. But you are on the right track. So there was opium. There was, of course, tea, which came out of India, which the British oh. got out. Is this yeah. hashish? No, it's it's not hashish. It's not a contraband material. So what I would suggest you look at the general position of Yemen. Right. What was Yemen close to? So there's Saudi Arabia. Right. Under that is Yemen. Yes. And next to that is Sudan, if I'm not mistaken. There is Gulf of Persia on one side, and there is the Red Sea on one side. Does that any of it help you anywhere? Oh, is it Jordan? Jordan is. Not what I'm looking for. Um, Actually, Africa is quite close. Africa, so, yeah, probably Yemen. Okay. So Africa is just across the Gulf, and if I may say so, mm-hmm. in Africa, it is Ethiopia, which is quite close. So this product was taken out of Ethiopia, taken from a specific port, which came to be known with the name of the product. Then from there, the British took it to Aden, which was part of their property, and from there they took it all the way to Bombay to set it in big ships and send it to all over the world wherever the British needed it. And for a tiny time in history, from 1830s to 1860s, Bombay became the center of the trade for this one product. Is it muslin or muslin? No, the cloth. Yes. No. It's a consumable product. It's a spice. Uh, what do you say? A eatable? Yeah, something like a eatable or something like that. Coffee. Why do you think coffee? Oh, uh, so coffee originates from Yemen, uh, at least in India. So I remember the story of Baba Budangiri, where uh, hmm. Baba Budan is a man, and Baba Budangiri is a uh, hill in Karnataka that's named after him, and hmm. he basically smuggled coffee from. Yemen, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm-hmm. I think coffee was originally discovered in Turkey, and then it became famous in Yemen and uh, or probably Africa. 
and came to mm-hmm. India through that. Yeah, I'm going to say coffee. Coffee is the right answer. So coffee came oh, out yes. of Ethiopia was one of the major exporters. So earlier. Uh, they used to take it via Egypt, but mm-hmm. that was a long winding route. So the British thought, you know what? Let's take it back to Bombay. And you are right, Baba. What was the name of the person? Baba Budan. His name is Baba Budan. Baba Budan. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Baba Budan apparently took it from Mecca. He was in Mecca. He found those beans and hid it in his beard. And he came down to South Karnataka, and that's how we get our coffee. And uh, yeah, for a brief period of thirty years. Bombay was the center of the world coffee trade and can you tell me in 1864 why did it stop being the capital of coffee trade 1864 is just a random question on top of it something was discovered in south america no something was invented rather instant coffee so i'll tell you it's a no actually they made the suez canal so from africa you oh, could go directly okay. to europe and you didn't right, need to go right, to right, india yes. So India yes, lost onto all this coffee monopoly in just thirty years. Also, the thing about the port, which was close to Aden, was that the port was called Mocha, which is how coffee Mocha you get the connection, right? Oh, nice! Yeah. It's interesting uh, how, if you look at history of uh, British India and you know Europeans coming to India, the reasons or the sort of the greed wasn't the greed for gold or wealth it was actually either spices or some food item or it was yeah. things like uh, you know calico cotton or muslin or you know the things that the women in uh, rome and greece wanted right yeah. and the third category of products was actually drugs so i find it interesting about uh, you know british interest in india was largely led by either food spices or clothes or drugs yeah I think it was whatever the rich wanted in Europe. Yes, exactly. So they wanted finest of clothes, they got it. They wanted the finest of drugs, they're like, yes, get it from make farmers in Bihar and Bengal grow opium. We love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you read uh, like Columbus's works, right before uh, he went on the quest to find India, it is all these kind of legends. Mm-hmm. Like there's a legend apparently that uh, so what Columbus heard, and obviously these were all rumors, mm-hmm. right? Because somebody would come back and say, "I heard of this and I saw this and all of that." Mm-hmm. Somebody said that the world of India is actually ruled by one mysterious king called King Khan. Nobody knows his full name. It's just like mm-hmm. randomly named King Khan, and apparently he mm-hmm. lives in a palace which is like guarded by snakes, and that palace has. a huge uh, sort of case of jewelry or some sort of wealth which is again like there's a snake mm-hmm. sitting on top of that uh, case so it's interesting the kind of story that people have anyway uh, we can come back to the questions yeah it's your turn now to ask me a question yeah sure uh, so my last question was on india so i'll go something mm-hmm. uh, I- i'll ask a question about hollywood right now Right, so oh, I'm sure you also may have seen the movie mm. Matrix, right? Now, yes. Matrix has many interesting characters, and one of the lesser-known mm-hmm. characters, who's part of the team with Morpheus, Trinity, is a character mm-hmm. called Switch, right? Now, there's a deliberate mm-hmm. reason why this character is named as Switch. What is the reason for this character to be called Switch? So you can work right. it out so, as to why the character will be called. Yeah. So it just so happens that I follow you guys on Twitter, 
and the date was the 20th anniversary of Matrix. You guys released yes. an excellent long thread, and among the many things was the fact. So the there's always this entire story of how the Matrix is sort of a coming out story. Yes. So these were two brothers, and uh, then they came out as women and spoke about the whole experience. Yes. And from your thread, Twitter thread, I came to know the fact that they wanted to have an androgynous character called Switch. The idea being, I, I'm not sure now in which world it's a man and in which world uh, it's yes. a woman. So if say in the real world or in the Matrix, this person is a man. Mm-hmm. In the real world, it will be a woman. or it's the other way around i'm not so sure about it but that is the idea of having a character called switch that there are two identities of sorts one that person is living and one that person actually is if i'm not mistaken yes in fact even i always get confused as to which was the original intention so just to clarify you're mm. absolutely right about the answer the reason why the character it's called switch is because the character actually switches gender while in the matrix and the real mm. world so interestingly the character in the real world is a male character mm-hmm. is supposed to be a male character but it's only in the matrix okay. world that the character would uh, be shown as a woman character all right and this is okay. obviously a sort of an allegory to the wachowski brothers at that time when they made the film mm. who have also yeah uh, undergone a sex change and are now yeah. women right Uh, so that yeah. whole character was essentially a representation of their own internal struggle and if like i don't know if you've gone down the rabbit hole uh, quote and quote mm-hmm. uh, of the matrix but there was a time when in the 90s uh, or the early 2000s when every yeah. person who was a nerd uh, just went, went mm-hmm. deep into what the matrix means and each character true. each reference uh, true, and true. Uh, I, at that time, I remember reading about uh, because we were all excited about Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. Uh, Revolutions, I remember, yeah. yes. I remember the Wachowski brothers actually said they were reading the Bible, uh, Homer's Odyssey, uh, and so on, hmm. right? And a lot of references yeah, yeah. in the journey of Neo. And if you look at the idea of resurrection, right? He actually yeah. dies in the first movie and then he comes back. A lot of this also sure. has uh, sort of religious connotations, so it's interesting to see the kind yeah, of yeah. themes that uh, the Wachowskis used in the Matrix series. True, true, absolutely. Even uh, I think last year I was speaking to a friend. Yes, we were just talking like Matrix came up, and she said that when she saw Matrix, she realized that so the philosopher Dante. Yes, there is this concept uh, of Dante's cave. Yes, that's what she told me. That basically Dante's cave is the person sitting in the cave, mm-hmm. looking inside, and the person thinks that is the world. And and that's the idea of it. Until one day they turn around and they look outside the cave, and that's a whole different world. So somewhere in the Matrix, that is the idea that a person thinks that is whatever the world is. Until they one day they turn around and realize that there's a whole different thing to it. So yeah, there is a extremely quite a lot of uh, philosophy that has gone into it, which just makes it so interesting even after 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. Honest. I mean, I remember uh, in the Matrix Revolution, which is the final sequence where before yeah. Avengers and before all the Marvel movies, there's this final sequence where the two men, uh, Neo and Agent yeah. uh, Smith, are Smith. essentially fighting in the air and build, uh, destroying buildings, right? There's actually a track yeah. that's playing in the background, which actually uses words from the Upanishads, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to see the kind of detailing that the Wachowskis used uh, in their movies. 
I really love the soundtrack. Yeah, also. the soundtrack. I mean everything, right? The soundtrack, the special effects. Yeah. You had never seen something called bullet time before this. And after that Fair every true. single person wanted to do the freeze frame bullet time kind of sequence. Okay. Akshay Kumar did. Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next question is from the world of movies and video games. So, Hideo Kojima, I hope I got his name right. Mm-hmm. is a japanese video game designer director producer and writer so he mm-hmm. has made this extremely famous metal gear series and he is one of these uh, very auteurs of gaming so he makes these extremely cinematic games okay. essentially and his latest game is a game called death stranding now it features a a list cast mads mikkelsen is there the actor but norman reedus is there uh, from the walking dead and the undock saints it even features guermo del toro the director and nicholas winding raven another director oh wow and one of the actors that it features is leia sedo who was the i think i got her name right leia sedo she was the bond girl inspector the last bond movie she's a french actress okay. and she's in a whole lot of movies and she right. was the last bond girl she mm-hmm. plays a character called fragile and this character always carries an umbrella with her so this so the director game designer kojima said that this character fragile who is always with the umbrella is a hat tip to a famous movie and a book character can you tell me which famous movie book and a pop culture character is this a tribute to one from the world of hollywood okay so uh, let me just try and uh, mm-hmm. How many characters in Hollywood yeah. do we know who carry an umbrella? There is Mary Poppins. Yes. Uh, there is Avengers. I remember Ralph Fiennes was it who carries an umbrella? I think mm. none of the detectives carry an umbrella. Uh, so I can't think of any. Maybe say Mary Poppins. It is Mary Poppins. Oh, wow. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Well done. <laughs> I wasn't sure. The first guess we can have to be right this time, but yeah. So Julie Andrews played uh, Mary Poppins in 1964. The movie received 13 yes. Academy Award nominations, which was for the longest time the most for a Disney movie. Oh. And have you seen the musical? No, I'm. Uh, I, that's one of the few musicals I've not seen. of uh, that era i have actually seen the rest of the ones with my fair ladies and so on mm. uh, but uh, yeah. you know mary poppins somehow even the remake uh, and the original i've just not uh, gotten around to watching it so there's a famous song in there which i'm going to try this which is basically a word which means amazing mm-hmm. sort of on those lines the word is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is the word and that's the name of the song oh so from there Kojima super califragilisticus whatever he took the fragile from there and took Mary Poppins from there and he created under character in a video game called Death Stranding so that was the entire story well done you got it right on the first bounce itself it was Mary Poppins yeah. uh, and for a question on video games which i didn't think i would get i really don't know anything about <laughs> well done. Uh, video games yeah but yeah you did well thank you your turn now for the next question Okay so we did some Hollywood last time mm. I'll go on the same theme right if you mm. watched the Pixar animated movie up right uh, you remember the famous mm. first 20 minutes of the movie where they show the love story from childhood till when they get married and finally the girl, lady passes away mm. 
essentially you know fixing the door by mm-hmm. you know banging nails into it and uh, nailing the door to mm-hmm. the wall and you see the woman mm-hmm. sawing wood right and this scene mm-hmm. this image of a woman sawing wood like carpentry and the man sort of banging nails on wood is common in hollywood cinema my question is mm-hmm. why do you see these kind of scenes of carpentry or woodwork in hollywood cinema so these are scenes or tropes that you see across cinema why do you see these kind of tropes oh, of carpentry would a notebook be an example of this uh i have actually not watched notebooks i won't comment on it it's possible it's it's a common thing that you see across a lot of movies basically when you see characters doing carpentry work in cinema what does it represent hmm. what does it represent does it have to do with maybe some old hollywood tradition of uh, honoring the people behind the movies and so they keep you know all the set makers or things like that keep us someone kept a scene in oh, a movie a, and then it became a tradition of sorts it's a very nice guess uh, that would be great if they were sort of paying tribute to yeah so it's not that uh, what else could it's they are showing this carpentry scene of cutting off or like of doing wood and things like that to represent something yes is it yeah uh, i'm trying to think are they talking about movies is that or are they talking about something else uh i'll give you a clue the movie that i mentioned me? is mm-hmm. up so think of the context mm-hmm. of an animated movie animated movie i said that the characters essentially you should see the love mm-hmm. story from childhood mm-hmm. when they are when they meet in school and then they finally go to yeah, church yeah. they get married and they come back home and in their wedding dress mm-hmm. right they're actually banging okay. nails on the door and sawing wood so what does it represent you know okay i will not go too explicit with it but is it a euphemism of sorts again are we going back to the bees and the flowers here are we going into that territory absolutely right uh, it is in that territory you don't have to feel shy about it basically it's euphemism for sex so so i was going to go with uh, what my carpentry teacher once told me you know what's better than a nail on the wall a screw on the floor so i was going to say that <laughs> okay tell me more yeah. about it how did it come up what yeah, was so the idea absolutely uh, basically uh, in a lot of movies right especially mm-hmm. children's movies right animated films okay. uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of hidden context of uh, references to sex right uh, okay. some of them is deliberate mm-hmm. right in this case it mm-hmm. is deliberate so hollywood for a longest period of time whenever they cannot show mm-hmm. sex right if it's a mm-hmm. family friendly movie what they do is they show the mm-hmm. characters uh, being lovers but actually doing carpentry and that whole idea uh. of a woman sort of doing carpentry work or a man banging nails is supposed to be some way sexual in nature and uh. that is a euphemism for sex so in animated movies because you can't show sex a lot of times you'll see characters mm-hmm. doing carpentry work because that's a euphemism for sex uh if you remember lion king right uh, so lion uh, king there's a yes. scene where uh, simba runs away uh, looking for his mm. father this is much when he's much older and uh, mm. his father's image sort of disappears into the clouds right yeah. uh, in that scene actually if you look very closely you will see the words sex now that is a 
prank right uh, yeah, so i'm saying yeah, that yeah. there are two kinds of uh, references to sex that happen one is deliberate and the other is uh, or of accident Just or some prank this is an example of a prank hmm. but what usually see that you see in animated yeah. movies is essentially these kind of references so that people don't get offended but at the same time you communicating the fact that they are having sex or they have consummated their marriage after uh, at the yeah. after the wedding right uh, another interesting example that i had given during the quiz mm-hmm. was uh, if you watch shrek mm-hmm. right uh, so there's a character mm-hmm. who's essentially uh, the villain right uh, who's this mm-hmm. really short man and who's trying to get the princess his name is duramod name no i actually don't ha huh. so his name is lord F A R Q A A D mm-hmm. Farquard right which is actually oh. if i can say this on your podcast <laughs> it's a play on fuckard so it's interesting to see how many uh, you know films animated films and children's films actually are sort of making these kind of clever references uh, that kids may so miss. That the kids won't know oh, all right that's great for the last question from my end i have a sure. question from the world of music This British musician mm-hmm. lost his fingers in an industrial accident. His fingertips were chopped off, and as a kid, he was really interested in playing the guitar. And he was told, you know, you can never play the guitar. Mm-hmm. He recovered, and he was uh, really sad about the fact that he could never play the guitar as he wanted to. But then, a friend of his told him about a guitarist, a Belgian-born Romanian-French jazz guitarist called Django Reinhardt. and he had just three fingers right and he was one of the best guitarists there ever was so this guy this young kid thought you know what if jango can do i can do so and he started playing the guitar and what he did he covered his chopped off fingers and he made these tiny leather covers for them and when he started playing the guitar with those fingers with those leather covers a new sound emerged which led to a different genre of music who is he or you can even tell me what band was he from and what genre of music did this guy eventually create so when you said jango reinhardt definitely i mean one of the greatest guitarists uh, is how he's known um this story uh, sounds familiar um uh, mm-hmm. i'm going to say guns and roses slash no no it's actually much before that so this band came out in the year 1968 which pretty much is you can say when the genre came in and the genre itself gets its name from another song which came a year or so ago does this help yes so i'm thinking of genres of music that get their name from songs so mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken um this is true for grunge no 1970 so there is a story about how the phrase mm-hmm. or the structure of those that phrase heavy and metal comes from a song mm. so Correct. is this heavy metal genre yes so that was a steppenwolf song uh, born to be wild yes steppenwolf yes so born to is... be wild i i remember this in college that you know that's such a great song but for some reason trivia yes. freaks loved it for the fact about the heavy metal but it's such a good good song but uh, it's remembered True. for uh, things like heavy metal being mentioned in it um yes so heavy metal this band then would be what black sabbath oh sabbath huh? cool yeah 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 so black sabbath was the band and tony iommi was the one of the founders and the guitarist and basically he didn't okay. have three fingers and he put leather covers and 
that just produced a different kind of sound. And the band and the genre gets its name, as you rightly said, from heavy metal thunder from the song "Born to Be Wild." Yes. And yeah, that was the question. Well done. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, great questions, Root. Some uh, really like interesting yeah. facts about Shashi Tharoor. Like that, that just blew my mind because, unfortunately, I think uh, not enough people know about a lot of Indian uh, stories, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So it's always good to like discover new things. So this is a question for the audience. It's one of my favorite questions from our Zoom quizzes we've hosted over the last three months. In a particular city in North India, you will find wall paintings of Lord Ganesha with dates written on these wall paintings, and these dates keep on changing. So people essentially erase the original date and then update it with a different date. My question is, why do people do this? In a particular Indian city in northern India, you will find wall paintings of Lord Ganesha with dates written. For example, it would say 23rd January 2020, right? And it would have some details around it. And then maybe if you see it in month of February, the name, the date would have been replaced by another date, right? So this painting remains of Ganesha, but the dates keep changing. So why does this practice take place? It's a particular city in India. I'm not mentioning the name of the city just to restrict any form of Googling, but you can work it out. You can just think about Ganesha as to why people use that image of Ganesha in Hindu practices. And the fact that I gave a date should be a helpful clue. And that marks the end of the episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for staying tuned in. And thank you so much, Sai, for taking part in this quiz. That's all for today. And if you'd like to send in the answer, all you have to do is send your answers to at the rate quiz time India on Instagram or at the rate podcast studio 41 on Twitter, Instagram and studio 41 on Facebook. Those are all the options. Take whichever one you like. Remember the announcement in the beginning. We have a special coming out for Independence Day in which you can take part. So send in an email, as I said earlier, to studio41podcast at gmail.com with the subject line Independence Day Podcast. What else is there? That's pretty much all of it. Have a good week. See you guys in the next episode.